Welcome to the End Time Manifesto, a podcast dedicated to navigating life's challenges through the Word of God. Come join Eve and Kaylee as they laugh, share stories, and empower you to live your best life. Welcome back to the End Time Manifesto. We are coming at you from the great state of Tennessee. My name is Eva Jesse, And I'm Kaylee Holt. And we are so excited to have you all joining us today. Um, we are doing a series on occupying and what that means and what that looks like. And today we're going to continue along that journey and we're going to give you a few more tools um, to help enable you to occupy and to maintain as well as even expand your ground. Yes. So today we just decided to let the Holy Spirit lead us in what we're what we're bringing to you. Like we purpose to do that every day, but sometimes we come with a little bit of an agenda, a little bit of a blueprint. And today we've kind of just said, Lord, what do you, what would you have us to speak on? Um. So let's just kind of reiterate what is occupying. What does that mean? It means to take up, to take or fill and the best definition that I love is to take or hold possession or control of. So basically, when we are talking about what occupying is in the kingdom of heaven, it is for you to stand on a promise of God. Whenever you get a promise, God speaks something into your heart, drops something into your spirit. How do we go from hearing what the Holy what the Holy Spirit is saying to us to seeing that manifest? What we do from point A to point B matters. Yeah. And it can actually determine whether we ever see a point B. Because if we're not faithful to co-labor with what God has shown us or the vision he has for our life, um, then there's probably going to be a lot of pitfalls, a lot of exit ramps that we take, and we may never get to point B. Absolutely. Um, so many people think they just get a word or they just ask God for something and then there's no work to getting to that place. It's just, I've asked or someone said, I'm going to get this or, you know, whatever it is, or God told me I'm going to get this. And now I just sit here and I just wait on God's blessings to show up. They don't think about how they have to co-labor with the Lord. Right. And it's interesting, the moment that you said the word wait... Um, I was reminded of a sermon that Apostle Eric at Living Word Fellowship, that was my apostles that kind of trained me up. I was reminded of a sermon that he preached called Waiting on the Lord. And he was talking about um, sometimes we have a, a, a misconception about what waiting looks like. Waiting is not like sitting at a doctor's office in a waiting room, idly taking up space in a chair, waiting on our name to be called. Whenever he delivered that message, um, he actually came in looking like a waiter at a restaurant. And he had the napkin folded over his arm and he was like, can I get you some water? Can I take your order? Would you like some more bread? What can I get for you? That was what waiting that's what waiting means to the Holy Spirit. We in in our waiting, our waiting, our waiting is not a passive action. It's not idly sitting, 
just expecting God to do something. Our waiting is an active procedure. We are actively doing something to co-labor with the promise that has been released to us, whether that be a, a scripture that we read that we're standing on or somebody gives us a prophetic word. However, we get the that that promise, we are actively co-laboring. We are working that word out to see it come to manifestation. Absolutely. And one of the one of the things that the Lord's kind of reminded me of this morning is like when I decided at 15 that I didn't want to date. I didn't want to have relationship with other people. I just wanted to wait for who God had for my life, the person that I was going to marry and that God had planned a purpose for me to be with. I didn't just say, Lord, I want a husband and think like at 16 or 17 or whatever that the Lord was just going to drop him on my doorstep. Like I, I wrote down scripture about it. I wrote down the things I expected in a husband. I prayed for him. I stood on the word. I expected God to move because I was pressing in. Right. Absolutely. And one of the things, and and the first point that I want to make this morning is um, we talked last week about targeting our prayers. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we've learned to do is build a prayer petition. So what does that look like? Um, a prayer petition is whenever you are standing on a promise. Um, I know uh, most of you all, just to give you, just to be transparent and give you a glimpse into our personal lives. Um, I have, we have, a, a, I have a child right now who is really struggling um, in her mental health and she's battling depression and anxiety and it's, it's at a very high level and, um, we are taking note and we are not idly sitting back and saying, Lord, healer, Lord, healer, but we are building a prayer of petition. And what that looks like is we are going into the word of God and we are finding every scripture or some very important ones that stick out to us in regards to her having the mind of Christ, that her joy may be full. And, and we're picking out two or three scriptures that God has promised in the word to fulfill in her life. And we're taking those and we are crafting those into what is called a prayer of petition. And um, one of our greatest examples, um, and I know some of you may be asking, you know, is that even necessary? Like, I've never heard of a prayer petition before. And I will tell you that Jerry Savelle has an amazing teaching on the prayer petition. You can find it on YouTube. I think it's a four or five part video set that he does on there. It's totally free. Highly encourage you if you're going to build a prayer petition to go listen to that. That's where we learned to build a prayer petition many, many years ago. Um, we got his book on the prayer petition. And Jerry Savelle says, this is a prayer that you pray when you need God to move and you need him to move quickly. And so what, where do we get scriptural reference for that? The Bible says here in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious in anything, but in everything by prayer and petition 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest examples of a prayer of petition was Jesus. Elaborate on that. Um, what we were talking about before the podcast. So we were talking about how the Lord teaches us how to pray, even when we don't know how to pray. Obviously, we know we can pray in tongues and, and the Holy Spirit can make groanings and utterances through us. But we were talking about the Lord's Prayer as well. And so let me get that out and just read it. And it was in Luke 11. Thank you. I'll read you the scripture. He, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Um, but he taught those disciples how to pray. That was a prayer petition that he gave to them. Yeah. Because in that, it dealt with um, giving God praise. And it dealt with healing our daily bread. Healing is our daily bread. It's our portion. He, Our daily bread is also our provision. So he covered in that small prayer... And he encapsulates, that small prayer encapsulates us in the perfect will of God. And so if Jesus found it important to pray a prayer of petition and to teach his disciples to pray a prayer of petition, and we already know from the scriptures that we just talked about in Philippians 4, 6, there's a difference between prayer and petition. Yes. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have separated the two. The word wouldn't have separated the two. If they if they were just one thing, if we just needed to pray. And so we want to challenge you this morning to be mindful of the prayer petition. And basically you just pull out a few scriptures that pertain to your exact situation and you put them in a prayer. You just craft a prayer, you know, like for healing, you might say, you know, Lord, I come humbly to you today. And I thank you, Lord, that according to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Jesus bore my infirmities, took upon himself my iniquities, the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. I thank you, Lord, Lord, that you minister to me and that you bring these things to pass because you said that the word of God does not return into you void, but it goes forth and it accomplishes all for which you planned and purpose. So I thank you I'm healed and I'm going to walk in health. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. Yeah. And one of the other things that I wanted to mention too was that whenever you're, you're pulling out these scriptures, just ask the Lord to lead you in which ones to use as well. Because it's one thing to just like type into Google, oh, what are the verses on healing? But there's a ton of them in the Bible. So you have to be mindful in which ones you're using, which ones that are going to go into your prayer petition because while they're all good, the word of God is good. You you want to be targeted. And we've talked about before how like you don't want to have just shotgun prayers. Yeah. Like you don't want to just be like, Lord, cover the family, make them whole, make them healthy and and just they're they're very base level. Like you want to have targeted. Sniper this them. is like in this is informed intercession. Yes. So whenever you're 
you're continuing to do that, you're being led by the word of God on which verses to Mm -hmm. use. And then you're also being led by what the Lord shows you, you need to pray for in those situations. So it's, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, so-and-so is not happy in their marriage. So I obviously need to pray for their marriage, but God may show you that they're also not happy in their own insecurity. So now you need to pray for their self, their self image on top of that. Like you have to be led by the spirit and in all that you're doing in your prayer petition. Yeah, I totally agree. And then once you get your prayer of of petition crafted, um, and I think sometimes we we have a propensity to go into um, we kn- we know that the moment we pray that the angels are released in heaven to bring forth the answer to our prayer, but I think sometimes we get into situations where daily, especially you know, if you're not feeling well and you've got all these symptoms of the flu or COVID or whatever, and like those are illnesses that you just feel terrible and you feel awful and you constantly are wanting to talk about the problem and the symptoms and the way you feel. And, um, but we've already said our prayer of petition. And so we don't have to constantly go back to God and say, Oh Lord, um, please heal me. Please touch my body. Please, please deliver me from this illness. We've already prayed the prayer petition. So what do we do after that? We begin to praise God for the answer. We begin to praise God for the answer and we thank him for the fulfillment of that prayer petition. We can go back and say, you know, Lord, the fact is I may feel awful, but the truth is I have prayed and I believe according to Isaiah 53, four and five, that I am healed, that it was already accomplished. And I just thank you for that. Which leads me to my next point is our confession. Battles are won or lost in our confessions. The mm-hmm. Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Mm-hmm. And um, to kind of tie that together in the last point, um, one of the things that Taylor went through when he was actually a teenager was he had gotten a speeding ticket for reckless driving because he was doing like 80 in a 45 because he was a wild boy. And he had to go to court over that. And whenever he had to go to court over that, he prayed every day, countless times a day, Lord, give me favor. Lord, let them have mercy on me. And, and he would make his mom come pray with him. And around the 200th prayer that she had to come purpose to pray with him and ask God's mercy beyond the situation. She said, honey, the Lord heard you. <laughs> he heard you the first 199 times that you pray. Yeah. You have to trust that you've prayed and God heard you and he's going to do that, which you've asked him to do. You've learned your lesson. You've, you, you've, repented repented you've made things right and you're you've petitioned god for a for an answer for a promise for fulfillment of his goodness to you trust that he's going to do that and speak accordingly so stop saying things like oh i'm so 
I when I go to court, they're just going to, they're going to give me all these fees to pay and they're going to do this. And they're probably not even going to listen to me. I just look like a spoiled brat, like all these things that he would say. And instead she said, she reminded him, go back to the word of God. Yeah. Stand on the word of God, stand on the fact that he's going to answer you and then speak with your mouth, confess with your mouth, his goodness. Yeah. And I think it is so key. It is so key what we're saying about our situations. Um, I know this week, the, this this past week has been a, a super, super hard challenge. I mean, if you're local and you are on our Facebook and you see what I'm enduring with one of my children, you can re you can probably attest to the fact that I've had like the devil has tried me this week. I'm like I'm a mom above all mamas. Um, I just am gifted as a as a mother. I've had a horrible week in the natural. It looks like I've had a horrible week, but I have learned one of the things. And I've been in the Word, you know, thirty years. Thirty years ago, I got saved and gave my life to the lord i've been in the i've been in the word 30 years and just this week i had a greater level of understanding revealed to me about the word of god and we've talked about this in the private um we were we were in in prayer we get up at six o'clock every morning as a family we meet in the garage and we shake the heavenlies and we've been doing this for a good while. And the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance the scripture that says that the word of God is alive and active and operative. That it is sharper than a two-edged sword. And I began to meditate on that scripture this week. And I'm a scientist. Um, you know, we're doing our nurse practitioner. And, and we teach science-based classes to nursing students and and I think it, from a very scientific level in many regards, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me at a level that ministered to me. He knew I would get it in a moment, and it would become rhema. It would become life to me. And he said, um, think about that scripture. The word of God is alive and active. It's operative. And I was like, it's alive, it's active. And he said this phrase to me. The word of God is an organism. It's an organism. It's alive. It, it has senses. It has tastes and smells. It has DNA, heavenly DNA encoded in it. It has the sensory ability to find a target and to begin to metamorphose this target into what we've sent it to do it it's it's, it's not just a word that we just randomly spit out there it is a word that is alive that has power and it is able to perform a job so that has brought me into a place of mindfulness what am i saying what am i saying about this situation with my daughter camille in this in this moment i'll be honest with you and i'll i'll be really transparent in the natural 
my my mind and my carnal nature wants to say, God, I'm not tracking you in this. God, I don't know what you're doing. God, this this is looking hopeless. God, this is hard. Lord, I can't do this. I don't have the answers. The medicine isn't working. Like I want to say all those things in the natural. But you know what? The natural is subject to change. Our feelings change all the time. I can get up and your dad can aggravate the thunder out of me first thing this morning and get up on the wrong side of the bed and kick the dog on the way out or step on the dog or, you know, I can have all these things that just work to make me in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. But then I, he can come in and in a moment he can hug me and he can say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I recognize you're in a bad mood. Here, let me hold you a minute and love you. Let me pray over you real quick. And in a moment, my mood shifts. Mm -hmm. It shifts in a moment. Our feelings are fickle. They are liars. Mm -hmm. They will try. And it's because they're attached to our carnal nature. And they, but let me, let me just put it this way. Your feelings are a very good barometer for your environment. What does that mean? What does that mean? Your feelings, feelings are not evil. God created feelings so that we knew the environment we were in. If we're in a scary environment, we battle fear. If we are in, if our body is not in homeostasis and we're feeling like a virus is trying to come on us, then we feel tired and we feel cranky and we feel exhausted to, to let us know that our feelings are trying to tell us this, your environment, something's off in your environment. So they are protective. They have a pr protective mechanism, feelings, and, and we appreciate them and we need them, but feelings don't get to rule us. No, they don't get to control us. And it's like Smith, Smith Wigglesworth says, I don't get up and ask myself how I feel. Mm -hmm. I get up and I tell myself how I That's feel. That's good. And so whenever you're getting up in the morning, it's so important that you confess the word of God over your life. Yeah. Like so many people, especially like my age nowadays, they do daily affirmations. Yeah. And those are, those are great. You should look in the mirror and tell yourself, I am beautiful. I am, yeah. you know, wonderful. I do have big plans for my life. That's great. But how much more powerful would they be if they were attached with the living word of God? Yeah, absolutely. How much more powerful would they be if when you looked in the mirror, you didn't just say, I'm beautiful, but you said, I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. If you said, I, for God has crafted and created me in my mother's room and knew the plans he had for mm -hmm. me before I was ever even born. Like if you spoke the word of God over your life, how much more powerful would those be? And it's active. And it's alive. There's power in that word. Mm -hmm. But there's there's power for good or for evil in our confession. Because the word says, like we just said, you, you will eat the fruit of your tongue. Those yeah. who love it will eat its fruit. And how many times do we get in a situation when we're, we're, when we're trying to occupy and we're trying to co-labor with something, you know, like I know God gave me a promise over Camille 
and 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 it came with a war she came with a warning label like i have to give him credit he said of these two little girls that you've just had for one of them you will have to war she came with a warning label we knew from the before she was born when she was still in my womb we knew we didn't know which child it was but we knew for one of these kids we were going to have to war and from the before camille was even out of the womb I had to have an emergency induction. She had to be evicted weeks, several weeks prior to her due date. My placenta failed. Then when she was born, she wasn't two months old. She was hospitalized from birth until six years old. She lived her life in the hospital in a croup tent. She's been med flighted for severe exacerbations for asthma. We've, we've had to war. We've had to yeah. war over that kid. And now that she, and then we had kind of a season of peace. And then now that she's about preteen, she started battling really bad depression and anxiety out of nowhere. The pandemic started a lot of it. Um, where we were socially isolated and and we were very protected and very mindful of her health because we didn't want her to get COVID with asthma. And um, so just all of that. And then she went to school and she was bullied um, because she is different. I mean, I don't know many 14-year-olds that like to crochet mm -hmm. and that's her favorite thing in the world to do. She likes mushrooms and, and odd decor and like hippie decor and a lot of kids her age are more the gothic or the trendy and so she she is a sign and a wonder she, god created her to be an odd and peculiar peculiar people and that's great but for her we've had to engage in a war over the past three years and the war has and despite my declarations our confessions our petitions of prayer that war has escalated and we are at a tipping point right now. We've been at a tipping point the last two weeks with her and she's actually inpatient in a facility right now trying to get a mental health um, a medication plan readjusted that's going to work for her. We've ordered pharmacogenetics to try to test her blood levels to see which medications are going to work better for her. And so we have absolutely been in a war for her and, and it's not gotten any easier. And, but in, in the occupying, it's easy for me to say things that are less than lovely. Like I'm so frustrated. This isn't working. Where's God at? Why is he not moving? Yeah. And I've said some of those things. I've fallen. And I've said some of those things this week. But I'm quick to repent. And I refuse to give the devil ground. Because I know in this moment of my occupying, I'm either going to lose ground by my words that are not lovely, or I'm going to gain ground by saying the right thing. The battle is won or lost in the occupying. Absolutely. And it's like we were talking uh, previous as well. There's so much power in your confession. But when people fail to speak godly confessions, when they give the devil ground, and when they allow his lies to be present and at the forefront of their mind, and they are quicker to say those more hateful things, those more negative things, God can't give you the same amount of power 
in your tongue. Yeah. Your, your words can't have that same dunamis power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That comes from the anointing of God inside you. Because you would kill people with your words. Yeah. You would curse people. You would cause utter destruction if you had the same heavenly power behind your negative words as you do behind your godly mm -hmm. ones. That's why it's so important to be mindful of your mouth. It's so important to guard your words, to guard your heart so that you speak the right words because your heart is fallible. Your feelings are fallible. It's so easy to, to, to just feel a certain way and say, Lord, I do feel this way. And, and this in the natural sucks. And this right now is not my favorite thing, but Anyone in the world can do that. Anyone in the world can say that. But the children of God are held to a higher standard of accountability. The children of God are held to a standard to where when things are tough, when situations look bleak, you stand on the word of God, you speak the word of God, and you declare it over your life. There is power that comes with repeatedly declaring the word of God over your life. Like, you're not, you may not feel it the first time. You may not feel it the second time, but the more you stand on that word, the more you believe it. And just to, of course, like we've said, we're scientists, to bring science into it. There's also power in repeating things and speaking out loud to things. In science, we're taught that when you want to remember things better for class or work or whatever it is, you speak it and you speak it out loud because you hear it with your inner ear and you hear it with your outer ear. And they find that when they research that study, people have better remembrance. They have better recall on information when they've spoken it out loud or they've written it down. The same power that you can have in that natural to remember and to improve your cognition works when you apply it to the Spirit of God mm -hmm. and the Word of God. So when you speak the Word of God out loud, you're hearing it with your inner ear, you're hearing it with your outer ear, and you've got the Holy Spirit engaged. It's more powerful. You're going to be quicker to remember the Word of God, the Scripture that you've put down, instead of just whatever fly-by-night prayer you've thrown out. Like, you have to be intentional in your speaking. You have to be intentional what you're putting in a man on the anointing for. Mm -hmm. Matthew twelve thirty six and 37 says this, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And so there, that tells us the power of those words. Our words will justify us in our situations, or our words will condemn us. I remember a teaching years ago I can't remember who taught the teaching but they were talking about words and our words are released into the atmosphere and we may not see them released into the atmosphere but we know that our words are released into the atmosphere because think about the satellites and how we get our signals and how we get television it is released over the airwaves over the atmosphere and through satellites it's beamed back down into earth and so our words are so powerful that they enter into a heavenly realm and they are either picked up by the demonic and the enemy goes to use our words against us and to terrorize us with them or they are picked up in a heavenly realm and the angels go to work to perform the word because that's their job the bible says that 
from the moment that 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 um, our words are released, that the angels are immediately dispatched on assignment to go and bring forth the manifestation of our prayers. And I think sometimes we get in this battle in our occupying to where I know if you're like me and Lord, I need to be better. But there's times like I'll do really good for a few days and I'll be like, OK, you know, I got this. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. And then I'll have a day that troubles me. And a day where the enemy comes and he tries to bombard me because he will come. He will absolutely test your place of authority. And he will see if you're serious about occupying your ground or if he can trouble the waters and put situations before you that throw you off your seat of occupying and your seat of faith. And he knows, he studies us, he's, he's cold, he's calculated, he gets such joy making our lives miserable. And if, if we are easily moved off our position of power in our position of occupying, he will constantly come. And the sad thing is, it's like the Israelites, they took an 11 day journey and turned it into 40 years. Why? Because they were grumbling, they were complaining the entire way and it was like it is so much easier to just line our mouth up with the word so what do we do when we miss it what do, what do we do when we have those days where where and and how do we navigate and this has always been a challenging thing how do we navigate getting people in the boat with us and being transparent in our situation but still standing in faith how do you say my child is in intensive inpatient therapy for a mental health crisis. And how do I say that and articulate that to get people in the boat, but to say it in a manner that speaks life and that keeps me in my position of power? What I've learned to do is I say, and, and my, my apostles taught us this, is I say, the fact is, my child is in a rough spot right now. But the truth, I always back it with the truth. The truth is she has the mind of Christ. Joy is her portion. And though weeping may endure for the night, her joy will come in the morning. Mm -hmm. Greater is he that's in her than he that is in the world. She will rise up and she will take nations and she will do great exploits because she is a child of the most high God. She is a daughter of the king. And long will be her days. You back it up with the word. It's not that we can't get people in our boat and talk about the problem. We don't want to major on the minors, though. Yes. We're going to focus. Our major is in the truth. Mm -hmm. Because the truth will stand when every feeling is subject to change. Mm-hmm. It's, our feelings are fickle. People fall in and out of love every day. I always said there's a fine line between love and hate. And it only takes a moment to, to separate those two. You can go from one to the other in a day. We see people get divorced that loved each other one day and they were bitter enemies the next. Our feelings are fickle. They will lie to us. They are deceptive. And our feelings are subject to change based on the word of God. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter what our circumstances look like. 
It doesn't matter what is going on. We are obligated, if we have any intention of occupying and maintaining ground and even gaining ground, that battle is won on our confession, Absolutely. on our ability to stand. Absolutely. And I also wanted to remind our listeners as well of the Word of God. So in James 1, verse 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Yeah, that's good. You can't be unstable in your confession. Yep. We know there's grace for the days where you're like, Lord, this is horrible. I can't see you in it. And God will, will extend grace when you repent. But as you seek God and as you get closer to God, those negative things should dwindle. You shouldn't just continually flop back and forth from one day I speak all negative to one day I speak all positive because I came under conviction. You will have days where you stumble and you miss the mark because we all fall short of the glory of God, the word says. But as you press into God, as you put a demand on the anointing, as you seek him in a way that's passionate pursuit, you should see change. It should be easier for you to speak life. Yeah. It should be easier for you to say the, that which is true and yeah. lovely and pure and of a good report. So focus on the word. And let everything else that would try to captivate and, and cultivate your attention, let it kind of fall away. Because while it's easy to see the problem, those who are believers in God and those who seek to do that, which the Lord set before them, they're solution driven. Yeah. It, it's so much easier to, to see the problem when you're not in a Christian mindset, when you're not in a godly mindset. But when you're in a godly mindset, our God is a God of solution. Our God is a God of redemption. He's a God of restoration. He, he's a God of the impossible. When things look impossible, take heart because that's exactly when God can move. Yeah, that's, that's the arena where he does his greatest work. And um, so we just want to close today. Um, by encouraging you to build your prayer petition, get God in your boat, find the scriptures that you can stand on regarding your situation. Praise, then once you get that and you declare that by faith, say it out loud, read that prayer petition out loud. Doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be super articulate, just pour your heart out, write it down. Um, praise God for the answer. After you've prayed it, you, you get to enter into a season of praising God, thanking God for that answer, and then making sure, being mindful that your confession lines up with what you're believing God for. And on days when you stumble, that's when you get to be like the apostles. Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. He knows we're human. Mm -hmm. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He knows that some situations just to have a propensity to get the better of us. He knows that the enemy is targeted. And and just like in Job's situation, they told God, they told Job, you know, curse God and die. And he refused to do it. 
He, 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 Job did not cry uncle. He was like, no, I'm not going down. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand on the word of God. And, and he did. And, um, all of us are fighting a battle. I mean, we've been very transparent about the battle that we've been fighting the last two weeks. And, and we covet your prayers for Camille. Um, she definitely needs prayers and we appreciate our listeners coming alongside us and, and helping us reinforce our boundary against the enemy. We know the promises for her are yes and amen. And, and we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living concerning her life. And, and we're standing in agreement with you and, and in the hardships that you're enduring, we're praying for our, our, our podcast listeners on a daily basis. We're crying out that you have breakthrough, that God began to become so real to you that he's as real to you as the people that you live and breathe and move and have your being with. And we're just asking God to do an amazing work in you. And so um, we encourage you to reach out to us on the website, www.theendtimemanifesto.com. Drop us a line. Let us know how we can better pray for you. Let us know where you're listening from. We are super invested and curious in in your lives and we want to hear your show ideas and we want to be a blessing to you and and we we encourage you to be a blessing to us by reaching out and um just letting us know how things are going and what we can be praying for yeah and if you can't find us on the website you can always email us at the end time manifesto at outlook.com we love to hear from our listeners we love to support you all if you've got a specific prayer request you can send it to us we love to pray for you all we love to know you know what it is that we're standing in agreement with you all with that we're asking god to see breakthrough in your lives for and just like um she just said we are praying for you daily we are asking God to embolden you, to give you the desires of your heart, to give you heavenly wisdom, to give you heavenly vision for your lives. And just as as you are being prayed for by us, we thank you for your prayers for us because it is um, a passion of ours mm -hmm. to do this podcast, to speak life into your life, to speak the word of God over your life, to minister to you. And the enemy doesn't like that we do that. So he has tried to come and attack our family. He has come try to try to stir trouble and and just just leave us um, distracted, and we will not be deterred. Here we are again, another Tuesday, giving the word of God to those who are listening yeah. all across the world. And we thank you for your continued support for us. We thank you for your continued listening. We ask that the Lord bless you and keep you well until the next week. Thank you all for being with us today and be blessed. We have reached the end of today's show. Thank you for allowing us to share part of your day. If our conversation has inspired you or stirred your faith, why don't you drop us a line and let us know how we can pray for you. You can find us on all social media platforms at the End Time Manifesto. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on content and don't forget to leave us a review. Godspeed until we meet again next week.